0: Legal Management Talk, official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Christina Bragovich. In today's episode, we welcome Chris Setkunas to the podcast. Chris is Director of Strategic Consulting at LexisNexis, and she's here to talk about actionable data, metrics that can make a difference in a law department. Welcome, Chris.
1: Hello, Christina. Thanks so much for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit about your current and past work.
1: Sure. So I have um, about 15 years of experience in what I call the area of um, the business of law, and I'll tell you what I, what I mean by that. So currently I work at LexisNexis Inc. and my work is with corporate legal departments to improve their decision-making and ultimately improve their results by by taking better advantage of of data. So I advise um, my customers on best practices for capturing data, creating metrics, um, establishing good processes for using those metrics, you know, ultimately to help improve the value of the of the legal department. And um, prior to working with corporate legal departments, um, I spent about ten years in a very similar role, where I advised uh, large law firms in a in a similar capacity.
0: All right, and you will also be speaking this September at ALA's Corporate Law Department Symposium, which is hosted by the Boeing Law Department here in Chicago, on the very topic we're here to discuss today. So let's start here. Why are metrics so important for corporate legal departments, especially when managing outside counsel?
1: Yeah. So, so so sure. First, I guess the the first point I should make is that a lot of legal departments have you know they've really done pretty well without metrics to um, to assess outside counsel. But I think using metrics um, is takes things to a whole new level. You know, it's a it's a game changer in this um, in this world of of trying to improve the results of of, of legal departments. So I think there are, there are four. There are four reasons that um, that I think are worth mentioning, and in, in why metrics for this purpose. The first is expectation setting. You know, it's it, uh, to me, it's no different than an employer-employee sort of relationship where you establish performance objectives. You know, and then you um, you, you communicate about how your how well employees are doing against those objectives. And it establishes accountability. You know, if you don't tell your law firms what you expect of them, um, how can you truly expect them to live up to <laughs> those expectations? Um, second reason is it levels using metrics levels the playing field. So it makes measurement across all firms be consistent, and I think that's that's really important, especially for organizations that are trying to assess a lot of different law firms. Um, third is that um, metrics metrics strengthen the relationship um, between inside and outside counsel. So it's, you know, it's about communication. Um, and I think that when you communicate both expectations and results um, to law firms, in my experience, law firms are appreciative of knowing how well they're doing relative to what their customers expect. And ultimately... Mm-hmm. That then drives the the fourth reason you know it's about improving results once they know how they're doing, they have the ability to actually improve results and do things better for you.
0: So how do legal departments select the best metrics for them to use
1: yeah, so most you know most importantly, I want to emphasize that uh, that each each legal department has to tie the metrics they select. To their own unique objectives and what their expectations are of outside counsel, and that that varies um, quite widely in my experience, depending on the the type of um, the type of legal work and the the culture of the organization. There are so many things that that can make those expectations be be different across legal departments. But it what it the way that it works in, in in my experience when I've been involved in um in helping companies select these metrics, it it has to start with some really deep discussions with in house counsel within the legal departments. You know, so I, I ask them questions like, um, so what's tell me what's most important to you in a trusted law firm advisor? Um, You know, and and when you think about that, when you think about firms that have been really great partners to you, what sets them apart? You know, and as you start to have those kind of probing conversations, you're going to end up having an understanding of what's important to the legal department. And once you have that list of knowing what's important, you know, you've got your list of what what your objectives are, um, then it's a matter of brainstorming all the metrics, that might measure how well you're performing versus each one of those objectives, um, and then of course choosing the choosing the best metric it's often difficult for I think legal departments to go from a list of many metrics to to find the best ones um, but um, but ultimately you have to narrow that down to a manageable uh, relatively small set of metrics so that so that it truly can be useful
0: definitely so so once you select those. Metrics that are most important for that particular department. Um, how do you see them being used? Who's looking at them? What are they doing with them? Maybe a couple of examples might be helpful.
1: Sure, sure. So, so tactically, um, one way that that I'm seeing more legal departments using the metrics is by um, using some sort of a scorecard approach. Um, and not everybody mm-hmm. likes that term scorecard, but um, but you know the, the notion of it is that. Um, it becomes an easy way to compare or just line up um, a set of law firms that you want to compare across that same set of metrics. You know, it's kind of a one page or one screen if it's a dashboard sort of thing, a snapshot um, and an easy way to to be able to to see that information. Um, but but outside of the um, of that that tactic of having some sort of a report or a dashboard to use, I think more important is the process, and 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 that um, that you make sure that whoever is either managing relationships with law firms in your legal department or whoever is making decisions about selecting the firms um, that you hire, they need to have access to those metrics. And there, there are really two two elements um, that I think are essential to effectively using that information. And one is a an internal, a periodic internal sort of review. You know, at a minimum, um, every six months, um, with the discussion about the firms that are that, that have outliers in particular metrics. You know, either they are doing relatively poorly in a metric, or and you also want to highlight the ones that are doing really well, um, and use that information to come up with some sort of an action plan of, of who's going to address. Um, either the, the shortfalls or the um the or give somebody a pat on the back on um, one of your firms. And then the, the second part is to take it beyond the internal review and, and to make sure that you also share that information with your outside counsel. Um, I, I mentioned this before without without having that information available to them, they have no way of knowing how much they need to improve or that they need to improve at all. And it just makes it so much more um, tangible for them to be able to see um, to see those sorts of results against the metrics that you've already communicated are um, important objectives for them. So both the, the internal review and then also sharing that information externally, I think, is, is really critical.
0: So give us a couple of examples of the of the most useful metrics for driving results just sort of the more common common denominators i guess
1: yeah and that that is kind of the approach that i i have to take to to answer that question because you know as as i said there there isn't a set of metrics that's right for every legal department but but there are definitely. there are some yeah there are definitely there are these few that um that i think consistently are needed in some variation in order to have an effective scorecard, if if you will. So um, one would be some sort of assessment of outcome. Um, So if you think of uh, litigation, um, legal work, for instance, of course that's the the most obvious one that would be, you know, did you win, did you lose, did you settle? Mm -hmm. Um, But but more than that, you know, I think there has to be a quantifiable um, way to establish the satisfaction that you have with that outcome. So better is to have a metric that is a score between, you know, one to five or whatever, you know, whatever range scale that you want to use where whoever um, was closest to that matter internally can assess their satisfaction with that outcome. Um, Another one that I think would be across the board um, would be some sort of measure of price, you know, so whether that be, Um, the average cost of a matter from that firm in terms of, and that could be in terms of outside counsel fees. It could be outside counsel plus settlement fees. You know, you can measure um, that cost in a few different ways. You might also uh, choose to measure price in terms of hourly rates so that you can compare what the hourly rates are across a different set of um, law firms. So lots of ways to do it, but some, some assessment of price. Um, and then the third example um, that I'll that I'll mention um, that I think is is really useful, and I'm seeing this one more and more, is some sort of measurement that that demonstrates the uh, law firm's compliance with your practices, with the legal department's practices. So, you know, that may be as straightforward as do they comply with your billing guidelines, uh, and you can probably measure that if you are using some sort of enterprise legal management solution. Um, you might also measure whether they are the law firms are communicating certain information to you through the completion of certain fields you ask them to fill in, or um, giving you certain journal updates or things of that nature. Um, so, so, ways to to help assess whether or not uh, the firms understand your practices and that they are that they are complying with them.
0: So let's talk about maintaining this data because it's an it's an ongoing task, right? Um keeping track of these metrics, making sure that they're current and and um correctly maintained. So what are a couple of best practices that our members can put into action today?
1: Well, and I I think I can answer this from from a couple of perspectives, one is um, assuming it depends on where people are in, in terms of their use of technology. Um, so, if you, mm-hmm. if the members have not yet implemented some sort of enterprise legal management solution, but are thinking about it or planning on it, that's a really great place to be um, in thinking about metrics because ideally, you'd think about what you want to measure before you implement. Um, some sort of mm-hmm. uh, enterprise legal management system. You know, so that um, I so often run into, you know, our own customers who were very focused during their implementation of counseling. They were very focused on the application and how it was going to be used and making sure that they they set it up to be effective that way. They didn't spend enough time thinking about, what am I going to want to pull out of the system um, after the fact, which metrics am I going to want to get to, and will I have the data to be able to do that? So, you know, that that's my first point is think about it ahead of time, um, ideally. But if you don't, so you know, if if some of the um, if some of the audience are, are people that haven't um, that are already using enterprise legal management, but they. Are now realizing there are some other metrics that they want that perhaps the system doesn't easily support. It's not too late. It's never too late to to add fields um, that you may need it, it means that you won't have history um, of the uh, of that data uh, before you started actually using them, but it doesn't you know it doesn't take much time to start building building good history, especially if you have a lot of legal work um, and then in in terms of just what i what I think of as data hygiene. There are certain best practices or things that um um that, that are that are fairly basic but, but it's worth it's worth I think uh, mentioning them because I, I see them so often. You know, I don't allow don't allow categories of matters or categories of timekeepers in a system that are called other. You know, those those other buckets or miscellaneous buckets are are relatively useless in terms of um, of analysis and, and metrics. They they actually create noise usually in the data. Um, so I'd encourage people to avoid doing that. Um, some other things that they come to mind are making sure that that bills come through um, accurately. Um, so uh, you know for for example, don't accept an invoice that comes through as if it's an hourly bill that's really, say, a fixed fee arrangement, you know, so the the law firm submits a bill that's billed as one hour for $10,000 or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, that's another sort of thing that just creates noise within an analysis. So think of what that does to a calculation of an hourly rate. So that looks like you've got, you've paid somebody $10,000 an hour, which then you're going to have to scrub out of your data. So it's it's better to Make sure that you set up a system that prevents that from happening um, and then I guess that so so those are some more proactive sorts of things that I think people should do to avoid um, having bad data, but then there's always ways to be reactive um as well and you probably need some a little bit of both of these so if you you know if you, if you if you know that you've got some bad data running through your system to set up good audit processes so that you periodically look for. You know, weird data anomalies like I just described, um, or you look for things like matters that are closed but somebody never closed in the system. You know, things things of that nature, and then you can correct them after the fact um, and clean up your clean up your data that way. I'd rather see people be proactive, but worst case is you get reactive and um, still end up with clean data at the at the end of the day. So those are just a, a few thoughts about about data maintenance, certainly a very important subject uh, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. Again, Chris Sekunas is Director of Strategic Consulting at LexisNexis. We're looking forward so much to your session this September at ALA's Corporate Law Department Symposium. Thank you to our listeners and subscribers out there. Don't forget to rate our podcast on iTunes. And for more information about the Corporate Law Department Symposium or any of ALA's fall events, visit alanet.org events. That's alanet.org events. Until next time, thanks for listening.